You're listening to the Christ Church Toronto podcast, a recording of the Sunday sermons from Christ Church Toronto. Christ Church Toronto is a new church in Toronto's East End that seeks to practice the ancient Christian faith today. We would love for you to join us in the future, but until then, please turn your attention to the scripture reading. The book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his sufferings by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Dr. Kim. Good morning. It has been a delight to get to know Kyle over these years, and his infectious passion and zeal uh, influenced me so much, and this is a dear church plant in my heart for real. So thank you for the um, opportunity to come and open up God's Word. Would you pray with me uh, as we uh, prepare ourselves to hear this message? Father, would you guide our time of reflection on these words that were read in our presence Help me, this um, broken record, to play the beautiful melody of your gospel uh, in spite of my sins and brokenness. In Jesus' name, amen. When we first moved to Cambodia as missionaries, we met a lot of young uh, Cambodians, and I would often ask young Cambodian non-Christians this simple question. I asked, what are your dreams for your future? And they would pretty much have the same answer, uh, and it would go like this. They would say, well, my dreams are to have a good job, a nice house, and a good family. And then I would proceed to ask young Cambodian Christians the same question, well, what are your dreams for your future? And invariably, they would answer, well, my dreams are to have a good job, a nice house, and a good family. You see, there was no no difference in their answer to this simple question. How about you? How would you answer this question? I think if we're honest, maybe functionally we are living for the same dream, are we not? There's nothing inherently wrong with having a good job or a nice house or a good family. But is that all that our lives are for here and now? If we're not challenged, then I fear that we will all naturally gravitate to what 
the world is selling us. What is the world selling us? It's the North American dream, a comfortable life. In the passage that we read today, we are challenged by Jesus' words. We're challenged to reimagine our dreams for our future, and he, he presents to us a vision of the kingdom of God, and he invites us to join his kingdom mission. So today we are going to be confronted with some important questions for our lives. These questions cause us to reflect first on Jesus's kingdom vision, secondly, his kingdom mission, and finally, his kingdom power. Okay, so where do we begin as, as we begin to think about this alternate dream for our lives? We begin with an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. After his suffering and death, what does Jesus do? He presents himself alive, alive to his disciples. You see, the resurrection changes everything. And for 40 days, Jesus appeared to his disciples. And what was Jesus speaking to them about? Speaking to them about the kingdom of God. If all there is in this life is this life, then it makes perfect sense to eat, drink, and be merry, for, for tomorrow we die. But if the resurrection is true and real, well, then everything changes. It means there is life after death. It means there is a kingdom that will be forever. It means that our time here in this world is just a blip when compared to what happens next. And so why should we settle for this North American dream when Jesus presents us a vision of eternal life in the kingdom of God? And Jesus, what does he do? He, he shows us what life in the kingdom will be like. How? He shows us himself. All those who belong to the kingdom will be like him. Raised from the dead, never to die again. Living without corruption, without sickness, without fear, without sin. This is what we are created for. And this is where we'll find our ultimate satisfaction and joy. Life in the kingdom of God. When the pandemic started in, in 2020, we thought to ourselves, oh no, this is going to be really bad for recruiting missionaries, um, right? Who in their right mind would seek to go and serve globally during a global pandemic? All of a sudden, the world became a lot scarier. And yet, as we continued to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field, as we continued to pray for at least 1% of our churches to send global missionaries, we saw more and more applications come into our inboxes. In fact, during 2020, we had the third largest class of missionaries that we've seen in the last nine years, over 50 people saying, sign us up, we wanna go and serve overseas. And when I asked our candidate director, what's going on? He said, well, it's not like it was in 2008. 
during the Great Recession. During then, we had candidates come who were just, quite honestly, looking for a job. But here, our, our recruits are coming in, and, and they tell us that they, they were sitting in their office or, or sitting at home, locked down, and, and asking themselves this simple question, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Or is there something else that God is calling me to do? How about you? Have you asked these questions recently? Today we are presented with an alternative dream to the North American dream. So how do then we begin to live more and more for this kingdom? Well, the simple prerequisite to pursuing this kingdom vision is having an authentic, genuine relationship with Jesus. If, if we don't know him, if we've not been radically changed by his gospel, um, we have no hope for life in the kingdom of God. In fact, without a vibrant, ongoing relationship with Jesus, we will inevitably fall back, slip back into pursuing the dreams that this world is selling us. And so let me ask you, who is Jesus to you? Is he your life? Is he your first love? Is he your all? The prerequisite to life in the kingdom of God is having an authentic relationship with King Jesus. And it's not enough simply to, to grow up in the church. It's not enough simply to know the right answers. There's a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. And the more that we know Jesus and are known by Jesus, the more eager we are to align our ambitions, our dreams, our passions with his. This leads to the second point. The second point is understanding Jesus' kingdom mission. If you think about it, Jesus' disciples didn't struggle with wanting to live a comfortable life. Not them, no. They were sold out for the kingdom. They left their families, left their loved ones, left their jobs to follow Jesus. But they had a problem. Their problem was they didn't fully understand the scope and nature of Jesus' kingdom mission. You see, after seeing the resurrected Lord, what do his disciples ask him? They, they, they asked, they said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Who was asking this question? Israelites. So in essence, what they were asking is, Lord, when are you going to give us back our kingdom? The assumption was that God's kingdom was primarily for them, for their nation, for ethnic Jews, for the chosen race, and they were thinking so much about themselves. They couldn't imagine God's plans and purposes for the world. How about us? Are we so focused on ourselves, on our people, on our problems, that we forget about God's purposes for the world? How does Jesus respond to his disciples? Well, he says, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but, but you 
will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Do you see what Jesus is doing here? Jesus is turning our attention away from ourselves towards his kingdom mission. He, he expands our understanding of the kingdom and the scope of his kingdom to begin where we are sure, but then to extend its borders to the ends of the earth. Because his desire is to see the glory of God fill all of his creation. The ultimate plan of God is the redemption of all the nations, the redemption of the world. Now, I think it is easy for us to see our Christian faith simply as an individual thing, right? And yes, of course, our faith needs to be personal. But I think we often see it only as personal. God's plan is bigger than our own individual salvation. His purpose is, is for the kingdom of God to stretch to every inch of his creation. And here in our short passage that we read, he shows us how he's going to accomplish his plan and his purposes. It is through his Holy Spirit working in and through his disciples, through us. How? By each of us bearing witness to others that Jesus is alive and that he offers salvation to all who call upon his name by, by making disciples, teaching others to obey everything that Jesus commands. And, and these disciples in turn make other disciples in other places until the whole world is full of those who bow the knee to King Jesus. I was driving from Atlanta where I live to Tennessee to go to a meeting and as I was driving I, I saw on the side of the road a huge billboard and on this billboard were large letters that, that spelled out this sentence. Um, it said, uh, every knee will bow Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I thought, wow, only in the American South do we see signs like this on the road. But as I drove closer, I saw in small print, even the Democrats. And there was a little devil with a pitchfork to which I thought, wow, only in the American South do we see signs like this. I'm not making this up, folks. <laughs> But it is true, is it not? One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Some willingly, others in the future. Beloved, this desire that every knee should bow willingly to drive our passions and our ambitions here and now as our king freely offers salvation for all who would call upon his name. Do you realize that over 40% of our world population, about 3 billion people are living in a context 
where there are less than 2% evangelical Christians among them. We call these places unreached people groups. Many are, are born, live their whole life, and die without ever knowing a Christian. Famous Canadian mission mobilizer Oswald J. Smith is quoted as saying, we talk about the second coming, half of the world hasn't heard about the first. And less than 1% of all full-time Christian workers, missionaries, pastors, are, are serving these unreached people groups. Beloved, that's a, that's a huge imbalance. And so what we need is our best of local evangelists, local discipleship makers, to serve in those places where there is little to no gospel witness. It's simply not the same as if those from unreached people groups come here in our context. Why? Because once they come here, they have access to Christians, to resources, to churches, to you. Those in unreached areas have no access to ongoing discipleship relationships, to know our King. Maybe you, like me, are overwhelmed by these statistics. Maybe you feel the weight, perhaps the gravity of the task before us, and you think to yourself, impossible, right? Even if we were to pursue this global kingdom mission, the work itself is impossible. I mean, moving our families overseas, engaging in a new culture, learning a new language, and then even if we get that far, trying to tell people often in hostile environments about Jesus? Impossible. Well, this leads to the last point. Jesus' kingdom power. Instead of sending his disciples out immediately, what does Jesus do? He says, wait. He tells them to wait for the promise of the Father to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. Why is this so important? Because Jesus knows that we cannot do this impossible work by our own power, our own wisdom or abilities. We need to be filled with this Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of Christ. And so what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon us well, not only does the Spirit convict us of our sins, not only does the Spirit remind us of the truths of the gospel and our identity as, as the children of God, but the Spirit actually changes us, makes us to be more like Jesus. A young mother was watching her, her two young boys, and um, as she was watching them, they began to fight over a toy, and the mother, trying to be a a good Christian mom uh, told them, now boys, stop. You need to share. What would Jesus do? And the older brother looked at his younger brother and said, okay, it's your turn to be Jesus. Give me the toy. <laughs> you see, a mother's chiding doesn't actually change us, right? But the Holy Spirit of Jesus does change us. And the Spirit enables us to love our enemies to be willing to sacrifice and even suffer for others so that they would come to know our King. 
The Apostle Paul describes what happens when the Spirit comes upon us. He says, fruit starts to come out of your life. Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. What are those fruits? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Jesus gives us these fruits to give power to our kingdom witness. And so as we think about this impossible mission, we are reminded it's not our power. It's not our abilities. It's not our wisdom by, by which this, these tasks are accomplished. But it's Jesus. His spirit in us empowers us, equips us, emboldens us to engage in this kingdom building work. And you see, believing this simple truth should give us great freedom to risk, to dream, to pursue this calling for our lives. So let me ask you, what are your dreams for your future? Jesus wants more for us than simply living a comfortable life. And he presents to us a picture of the kingdom of God and invites us to live in it and to seek the expansion of its borders, filling the world, a kingdom of peace, a kingdom of righteousness, a kingdom of justice, a kingdom where the king is good and trustworthy and ultimately a kingdom where there will be no more war or tears or suffering or pain or sin or death. What are your dreams for your life? A nice house, a good family, a good job? Can you imagine the house that Jesus is preparing for us in the kingdom of God? Can you imagine what our glorified family will be like in the kingdom? And what better job could there be than to bear witness to our risen king with the promise of his indwelling spirit. Beloved, if there was ever a time to engage in global missions, it is now. So let me simply end with this Indian benediction. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father be with you and disturb you and trouble you and set before you an impossible task and dare you to do it until in your desperation you fall on your knees and remain there until he fills you with his power. And then, but only then, may the Lord grant you his peace. Father, we thank you for these truths that you've given us in your word. We pray, Father, that as we reflect more deeply upon them, that you would fill us with your power. We are desperate for you, Lord. And we pray that the fruit of this authentic, genuine relationship with you would be a desire to see your kingdom expand and grow, and the borders of those who bow the knee to you would be to the ends of the earth. Be with us, O oh Lord. Challenge us, encourage us, those who are called to support, those who are called to go, Lord, would you unite us, Lord, in this kingdom mission to which we have been called. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to the Christ Church Toronto podcast. For more information about our church, you can visit our website at christchurchtoronto.ca or email us at info at christchurchtoronto.ca.